and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, joined on the other line, as always, by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. How's it going, Anthony? Doing well. Uh, it was a busy quote-unquote break, for sure, for the Heat and for the writers covering it. It was a, it was a fun time in Chicago. Yeah, uh, you just got back from Chicago. You're sick, so we're doing this over, uh, yeah. over Skype today. Um, you don't want to get my germs? Yes, exactly. Um, it was obviously you know a successful weekend all around for the Heat, even though they're both on the losing end of the All Star game, and, and Jimmy was kind of shaky in the actual game. But pretty much everyone else showed out, right? Like that was definitely the big. You know, Kendrick went in and on a slump and had a great Rising Stars yeah. game. Obviously, Bam winning the skills competition. I mean, ultimately, who cares about the skills challenge? But like that was the biggest upset of that Saturday night, I guess. Like. Just based on the odds, um, you know, Duncan was pretty good in the three-point contest. Derek, obviously, will dive into that. Then Bam was good in the All-Star game. What was kind of the, I don't know, what was, like, were, were people talking about the Heat there with so many events? And obviously, they were one of kind of the big stories of the first half. Was there a lot of Heat talk among just all the media, all the NBA folks there? Yeah, I mean, definitely Saturday night. I mean, the Heat kind of ruled Saturday night. They won two of the three events, like you mentioned. I mean, Duncan, I guess, was disappointing in the three-point contest. You'd, you'd think he would at least advance to the final round, but that's so much about, like, who's hot that night, yeah. you know. And that was his first time, and, you know, it's different being out there and shooting kind of there when everyone's watching you, and it's just you, a ball, and a rack. So it's totally mm-hmm. different. Even, he even admitted as much. But, I mean, look, you look back at the past three years, the Heat have had two All-Stars. Goron in 2000, what was it, 18, I yeah. believe. He made, he made it as an injury replacement. Uh, 2019, Dwayne Wayne made it because basically he was retiring and it was to honor him. Um, so the Heat really, I mean, you know, Goron was an All-Star, but a true All-Star, like voted in, they haven't had one in a, in a while. And here they are, you know, 2019, a, a couple years removed from not having an All-Star, and here they have two all-stars, and they have a guy winning the skills challenge and a guy winning the dunk contest. Like, that's, yes. I mean, you can't ask for more. Um, it's just kind of a representation of what this what this Heat season has been, just kind of surprising and kind of out of nowhere, where all of a sudden the Heat are an Eastern Conference uh, contender, like a team competing for a home court, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, and also a team that has multiple all-stars on its roster. Yeah, and Bam, I mean... Uh, Derek is maybe like kind of the, the one talking point because he won that dunk contest and all the controversy. Um, but Bam was definitely kind of felt like one of the breakout stars of the weekend, which we talked about going in that this was a chance for maybe the more casual NBA fans who, uh, you know, follow the, the top teams and maybe have heard a little bit about Bam but haven't watched him. This is going to be a chance for them to learn about him and, you know, like I said, skills challenge, ultimately, like, who really cares that much? But still, big man winning that, pretty good field. That, you know, that gets attention. Um, he played well in the All-Star game. And then, I mean, you wrote your big BAM story this weekend. Zach Lowe had a big BAM story. It definitely felt like he was kind of one of, I don't know, maybe the single, like, biggest breakout star of the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, he was, for me, you know, as I cover the Heat, he was definitely, like, like the the theme of the week weekend despite like you know yeah. running the dunk contest and that was a legendary dunk contest but bam just what he what he accomplished this weekend like he was on the jump he was on inside the NBA with Barkley and those guys 
uh, before the I think it was before Saturday night. Um, he was everywhere. Like he was at all these events. He was did an event with Giannis. You know, read into that what you will. Um, he 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 won the skills comp in the skills challenge. He had what did he have eight points in the first quarter of the All Star game when he when he played the most. I think he basically didn't play in the second, third, and fourth quarter. Yeah, he played most of his minutes in the first quarter. He had eight points, I think. So uh, he he had a really great weekend, and you could see it. Like when he won that event on Saturday night, and he came to talk at, at the. They have like for the winners, they have a basically a press conference setup where they come and talk at a table. And it's like all the national reporters and local reporters asking him questions. He was as confident and as open and has just, for lack of a better term, cocky that that I've ever seen him before. That's just not even bam. Like, and but he, you could just see the confidence oozing out of him. And he admitted that after the after the All Star game on Sunday night, he's like, "There's a big confidence boost for me. You know, my confidence is way up after this weekend." And you know that's you know how does that translate to the court? You know, we'll see. Um, but you could tell this weekend kind of it really helped him kind of realize just like where he is in the game like he belongs here and I think he knows that now. Yeah, that was um, right after he got announced as being in the game, which you know wasn't a surprise. Spo was talking about um, what Wade's first All Star trip did for him. Um, he said his first trip to All Star weekend, so it must have been his rookie year. Um, before he was you know a, a superstar, but clearly a rising star, and just getting to you know, be around all these NBA guys, legends, you know, I think he mentioned Larry Bird was someone specifically he talked to that weekend. It, it does something for a guy. And Bam, like you said, it's, you know, it's, he's not a guy who's ever really been lacking in confidence, I don't think. Um, but just the fact that he could kind of even take it up another notch. Um, I am curious to see what it will mean for him in the second half of the year because – he obviously already has a lot more confidence right now than he did six months ago. I, I, I don't know what kind of the, the leap he could take. Yeah. Having a little more confidence. Maybe he's a little more willing to shoot, which is, I guess, kind of been his one biggest, most glaring weakness on offense. Um, maybe he feels a little more comfortable being like the alpha guy rather than just having Jimmy barrel to the rim ten times a game in the fourth quarter, maybe a little more bam creating. Um, and I just also wonder, you know, being around guys, what what's the interaction going to be like with other, you know, NBA stars the rest of the way? Like, is he going to get a different level of, of respect from those guys, maybe even from like officials moving forward? Yeah, I think I think you made a good point. I think where it might kind of translate the most is just kind of being more assertive. And you yeah. kind of, you've seen that like over the past month or two with him. Like you've seen him become more assertive as the year goes on. But I think even more so now, and he need him to be. Um, they really, you know, when teams tag off of him, they need him to be more assertive as far as taking that mid-range jumper or maybe just putting the ball on the floor and, and creating his own shot or creating for others. Um, and he's done that more. But I just think this weekend, even if it doesn't translate on the court, I just think off the court, yeah, you need you need your best players to have that mindset. And not that he lacked it before, but I think he definitely has it now where, like, even even Greg Popovich said it like when Bam came out to try out for Team USA, he was kind of shy. You know, he didn't he didn't know if he belonged with that group. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's different now. Like he knows he belongs, and uh, I think this weekend was just confirmation of that for him um, to kind of show his skills on, on like a, a national and even worldwide platform. Yeah, you, I mean, you kind of were jokingly mentioned that he had an event with Giannis, but like 
that is so important in the league right now. Yeah, is networking. These events, the networking. And for the Heat, the plan is to get Giannis or to get some other superstar to come and make a big three with Bam, Jimmy, and Giannis. And you need Bam to be likable. Like you, and We know he's a likable guy, but you need the NBA to realize he's a likable guy and he's got this personality you want to play with. Because, um, you know, as, as good as some stars are, they're – Players can drive players away just based off personality. Um, it's, a, it's a fickle league these days, and, and Bam is the kind of guy that, that people want to play with. The next step for him is, I don't think it's totally crazy. This is something we'll obviously talk about more like after the season, basically, but it's not crazy to think he could be like on the Olympic team because of his position, because of what he does. And like this is a springboard for him to you know, kind of – Take that that next step from you know being an all star to being a guy who is kind of roundly regarded as you know a top twenty twenty five guy in the league, which you know he's that's about where he is probably right now, and and I think most people don't probably didn't realize that before this weekend. You know, it's just a casual fan that that knows that the top ten knows the top fifteen guys, and then knows kind of the aging superstars. Bam is certainly part of like the the young crop of rising stars with guys like. Um, you know, Jason Tatum and, and Trey Young, you know, maybe not quite on the same level of those guys because of what they can do on offense, but he is in that, like, top 25 players in the league conversation. Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell, too, you know. Yeah, Don, yeah I just listed a couple there. but yeah, there, were, there were three guys from his draft class in the All-Star game. It, right. it was Bam, Jason Tatum, and Donovan Mitchell. Like, so that shows you, like, he's, like you said, he's in that, like, top 1%, top 2% of that draft class. You know, he's right there. He's one of the best players out of that class, which the 14th pick, that he definitely nailed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, you know, you're right. I think Team USA is definitely, I mean, why not, right? I mean, he's kind of like the perfect big man to put with the guys who, you know, dominant perimeter players. Like, Bam is a guy who doesn't need the ball, and he does everything, you know, very well. Um, so I, I definitely w- wouldn't rule it out. I mean, could you imagine, like, a guy – who a people not many people knew about him you know a few months ago he he got he basically got cut from Team USA the you know the, after training camp one of the first cuts and here he is he makes the All Star game and imagine if he makes Team USA for the Olympics uh, yeah it's just it's crazy like the rapid like rise of he's he's made and he's on it's really one of the best stories kind of in the league in the league I think and people kind of realize that um you know this weekend like this was. This was, you know, I know he said this is not a breakout weekend for me. I've had a breakout season. But in many people's eyes, like, they didn't really know about him until this weekend. They saw how skilled he was, you know, when he won the skills competition. Just, like, talking to media people and stuff over the weekend, like, what was kind of, I don't know, were you getting kind of people's, people kind of having that same sort of surprised reaction about Bam? Or, you know, for a lot of guys it was, you know, maybe they just seen him in person once whenever whatever right. team cover was there. But, like, were you kind of getting that sense that, he was kind of coming in, maybe a guy that people didn't know about, but but we're kind of like learning to appreciate. I think the biggest surprise, honestly, because a lot of it had to do with the skills competition. That's what drew the most, you know, conversation. Yeah. Because he didn't do too much in the All Star game. There was other, right. there were yeah. other bigger topics. But as far as the skills challenge, like when he made those threes, I think he yeah. made, I think he made three out of six um, in the competition. Uh, people were surprised. They were like, I didn't know he didn't, he could shoot. And yeah. I think people don't realize that because he's one of 11 on threes for the season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, numbers-wise, he doesn't shoot well. But at the same time, if you look at those threes, I would bet half of them are, like, last-second he's at the end of a shot clock or, 
maybe a half-court shot. Like, he's not taking many threes in the flow of the offense just because there's no threes really drawn up for him. Right, um, negative so, yeah. yeah, it's so misleading. Um, so I, I think he's a better shooter than people think, um, and I think people saw that. So I think that was the biggest surprise. Like, how, yeah. not, not many people gave him a chance, again, because he's not known as a shooter. But I think you and I both know, like, eventually, I think he will be a guy who hits a, a three or two per game just yeah. because he can have that. Like, he has that potential. Yeah, he's a good free throw shooter. He's got he's got all the, the tools, and his shot, his shot looks fine. It's just a matter of the reps, I think. Yeah. Um, you want to move on to the dunk contest? Because that was uh, obviously the big story of Saturday. Um, what was the reaction in, in the building? Like, just all throughout, but just kind of take us through what it was like in there, both as the competition was unfolding and then obviously the controversial ending. Uh, I think many people, well, what was unfolding, it was just, I think everyone kind of knew this was one of the best dunk contests ever. Like, yeah. it, people were even saying it even before it was done. Like, this, the back and forth between. Uh, Aaron Gordon and Derrick Jones, like both of them were just doing fifty after fifty after. 50. I think I think Aaron Gordon has five straight fifties to start the yeah. competition. Yeah. Um, and Derrick Jones' dunk, I mean, he had that one three sixty between the legs dunk that I think was one of the best dunks I've ever seen. Uh, it was just incredible. So it was a legendary slam dunk contest, and you know, I think you and I both kind of figured it might be just because. We hold Derrick Jones to high regard as far as his dunking ability. Like, he's one of the best dunkers I've seen, you know, hands down to me. Like, he's probably top five. How um, many proved that um, in, this, in this competition? But when it was over, it was a little bit disappointing only because, you know, when you see Derrick Jones and, he, you know, he, he's been wanting to win the contest, like you know, David. Um, he, that's kind of been his dream. He promised yeah. his dad he would win a, a contest. But the way it ended, and, you know, I think people were surprised that Aaron Gordon didn't win and they were kind of saying Aaron Gordon got snubbed. It kind of took a little bit of the shine off of Derrick Jones, but I think he still enjoyed it. It was just a little bit, you know, I'm sure he didn't want to win it in that way. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, he won it. So that's the main thing. I just think it was a little unfortunate that the way it ended. Yeah. Um, even and, and even the questions, like when Derrick Jones came to do his press conference after winning the event, a lot of it was about Aaron Gordon. And, right, and, it was about that. Yeah, like, that was a story. Aaron Gordon was a story, and I think that was a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, he had a couple. I mean, he had the dunk where he jumped over the guy through the legs um, off the off the backboard, and just the one where he picked it up off of the guy and went through the leg. Like, the, the flexibility with him is, like, on another level. Yeah, he's just so graceful. He's he get his legs up high. Um I mean, and, but then the Aaron Gordon one off the side of the backboard was also ridiculous. So that, to me, the two best dunks of the competition was off the side of the backboard. Aaron Gordon, it was yeah. incredible. And then, yeah. to, and I think the the three sixty. I don't even think he jumped over anybody in this one, but the three sixty between the legs dunk. Yeah. Pulled off. I think it was like a second dunk maybe of the event. I think that was his best dunk. And close was the one like you mentioned off the backboard, where he jumps yeah. over two guys. Um, the one criticism that I kept seeing on social media was, and I get this, but it doesn't discount what the difficulty of Derrick Jones' dunks is that he kept going between the legs. I think yeah, the yeah, only definitely the criticism. Yeah, I think the I think the only dunk he didn't go between the legs was the final one where he took off right in front of the free throw line, um, and yeah. it was just a straight up you know dunk. But um, yeah, I, I, I saw that as a criticism, and I get that. Like you want to see a variety. At the same time, like those are hard dunks, especially when he go, he's going with his left hand. Yeah, um, like that's not easy to do. 
Yeah, you can tell he was angry at himself after that last one too. Um, on the he and he was definitely trying to do the free throw line jump, and he uh, yeah. just like mistimed it. You can see right after he uh, made it, he like came down, and I don't know if you could tell this in the arena, but he was like he was angry at himself. So he thought he'd screwed up there, and then obviously uh, Dwayne Wade saves the day. <laughs> he was defense. Dwayne was defensive about that, but I, it's funny the video that went viral of all the judges just looking straight at Dwayne. Yeah, but you could tell. Really, honestly, kind of the star of Saturday night. Yeah, he turned into the star, right? It's funny how Dwayne has a knack for doing that, where he turns into the star of wherever he's in. You know, he just has a knack for that. Yeah, the, fa- the you know he, he he became a meme with the face. Obviously, everyone looking at him at the end. Um, we know he's close to Derek, so there was, you know, just that kind of, uh, the, the assumption that the fix was in, um, but, yeah, he was, he became the star, and it was, uh, good to see Dwayne Wade will, will still be around in the NBA, not that we're surprised about that. No, and I, and one other thing, I hope that, you know, Aaron Gordon said after the event that he's done, that he's retiring from dunk contest, even though yeah. I think he's like 24, but, he, you know, he's been in, what, two or three now, and he hasn't won any. I hope that he comes back one more. I, I want to see a rematch between those two. I think it would be fun next year in Indianapolis yeah. to kind of watch them go at it again. Um, but we'll see. I know Derek said he's in if he's healthy. Um, but we'll see if Aaron Gordon would want to do it again. Yeah. Shout out to my guy, Pat Connaughton, who was pretty good also. Yeah, he was good. Right. I mean, that's another thing. That Like, the other two guys get lost. But, you know, do I – I know he's kind of a get you know. When he got that 49 – I texted you that the fix is in. My prediction was correct. Yeah. It wasn't a bad. Yeah, I know it wasn't a 49, but it wasn't a bad. He held his own. He was okay for yeah. his age. Like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. But, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. But Connaughton, like, he gets lost in this, but he was pretty good. Like, that first dunk, he yeah, nailed it. And the white man can't jump, the Billy Hoyle look, was great. The dunk, everything was perfect. So, I wouldn't uh, see him back in it again, too, because I think he's, you know, he, he showed the creativity also. And obviously people get excited about the white dunker. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, yeah, right. And, and it's, yeah, it was fun. Like, just the whole contest, the whole night was, I mean, the three-point contest was really fun with Buddy Heels at the last second kind of winning it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bam, surprising, you know, um, Vegas pretty much. It's funny, Bam brought it up immediately when he won. This first thing before he was even asked the question was, Whoever bet on me, I hope you eat a nice steak tonight. I should have bet on him. I don't want to get lost in the shuffle that I predicted that on our podcast last week that he would win. I think you picked Derek, right? So we each got. Yeah, we each won. I think we both said Duncan had a chance, but we just didn't go with it just because there's eight guys. And it's so. I feel like the three point contest out of all of them is like the biggest toss up just because. Well, then I picked Damian Lillard and he pulled out of it. so, uh, So it doesn't count for you. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember who you picked, but yeah. So we each went one for three. That's pretty pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. That's fine. That's, uh, a, Hall, hey, that's a Hall of Famer in baseball. Yeah. Any other big takeaways? I mean, Jimmy was kind of quiet. Um, Kendrick Nunn got back on track. Maybe that'll carry over into the second half. Um, I don't know. Just any other big thoughts? Uh, no. Well, the biggest – Tyler Hero did not play, but right. he was made available. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was news. Yeah, that was kind of news. That was a little bit surprising. Um, he was made available before the Rising Stars game on Friday, and we asked him about his injury, um, and he said he hopes to be back soon. He's supposed to take the boot off um, tomorrow on Wednesday when they return to practice. I doubt he'll probably practice, but it's a good news that he got the boot off. He's getting the boot off. Um, but that the original thought was he would be out pretty much until the playoffs with the foot with the foot injury. It's listed as an ankle injury, ankle soreness. 
But I asked him, is it the foot or the ankle? And he said, it's the foot. The mm-hmm. foot is a little more concerning. Because yeah. a lot of things can go wrong with that. Um, and the fact that it, they thought at first it was serious enough where he was going to be out for the next two months, maybe longer, that's concerning too. Um, but he said he had a positive doctor's appointment last week. And the hope is he'll be back soon. Um, and if the boot does come off Wednesday, you know, maybe in a week or so, he'll be back after a practice or two. Um, so that's going to be worth monitoring. But that's, uh, you know, even if, even though he did have a positive appointment, the fact that it's the foot and the fact that it was bad enough where they thought it was a long-term thing, that's not good. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk at all about the all-star game format. I don't really have anything new to add because I think everyone has just kind of uniformly praised it. Um, what did you just – I mean, obviously on TV it felt like the intensity was different than it's been in the past. I'm sure it felt the same in the arena. Just, I don't know, do you have any any thoughts about the format, anything that stood out from being there? It was awesome. I mean, the fourth quarter was like – it was a, it was like a playoff game almost, you know. I think was, I heard it was because they did the fourth quarter without commercials, and the fourth quarter yeah. lasted like forty two minutes or something was the count, which I didn't realize in the moment. But it was long. I realized it because I was like waiting for it to end to find my story. Yeah. Like, when is this ever gonna end? But yeah. it was like it was so entertaining that you didn't even realize how long it was. Like people, that's how entertaining it was. People weren't even complaining; they wanted to keep on, keep on going. My only yeah, it definitely felt like the refs were, like, trying to extend it, right? Extend like, it. Yeah, they, like, they, they reviewed that the Kyle Lowry foul, and that was, like, very obviously a foul. Um, the the goaltend, not goaltend on Giannis. Um, I think in a real game, that, that's a call that probably stands because it was so bang-bang, but they overturned it to keep the game going. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kyle Lowry called, drawing a charge on a play that, like, would never be called a charge in a real game. Like, people wanted to keep going. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, you see the – Ten of the best players in the league going at it, like for real, like drawing up plays, uh, real actual plays um, in an All Star game, taking charges, challenging calls. Like it's hard to get players to care for an All Star game, but they cared. I mean, the format, the whole Kobe Kobe factor, the fact that the two the two charities that were being represented in the game, the kids were sitting like right there next to the basket and were cheering with every every play, like yeah. I think it motivated guys. Um, it was just, you know, whoever came up with all that, like, it was a good idea. It worked. My only concern is, like, it's all fun until somebody actually gets hurt. And yeah. then, well, like, I would have loved to see some subs. Like, those dudes were out yeah. there way too long. Yeah, I agree. Like, they didn't make a sub. I mean, they basically played, like, over a quarter probably. Which, not even because, like, some of those guys weren't playing well, but just because of, like you're saying, you, when you put that much strain yeah. for that long – you're going to get hurt. Like, someone's going to get hurt. You can stuff guys out and give them a little fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's that's the thing. That's, is it too intense now? Like, that's my only yeah. concern um, because, again, it is an All-Star game. We wanted to see it be entertaining, but you don't want LeBron James getting hurt in an All-Star game. Um, I, you know, I'd rather have a, a, a kind of a soft, you know, traditional All-Star game where it's 180 to 160 rather than LeBron uh, getting hurt and missing the rest of the season. So yeah. that's the only concern. So maybe, you know, maybe you adjust it. I know this year the target score was, you know, whatever the score winning, you know, the, the leader was plus 24. Maybe you do plus 15 next year or something like yeah. that. Just to, that way it's not as long. Yeah. Um, there's different ways to do it. But I think it was a good idea, and it was obviously a success this year. Still less dangerous than Pat Connaughton jumping over Giannis and yeah. Aaron Gordon. Jump over Taco, Taco Fall. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah.
All right, uh, before we wrap up, uh, let's look ahead to the second half of the season. Um, the Heat obviously finished the first half on a, their worst stretch of the season, pretty much. Obviously, Jimmy missed some time. Kendrick Nunn's been in a massive cold spell. Um, but they still finished the first half of the year, 35-19, and 19, fourth seed in the East, a game and a half up on the Sixers, three back of the Celtics for third, uh, now four and a half back of the Raptors for second. That's starting to look out of reach. Um, what, are, just, what are your kind of big picture thoughts going into the second half? I guess, well, 648 win percentage going into the break. Can they match that coming out, which would put them 18 and 10 the rest of the way? I, you know, I, I'm op- I think I'm more optimistic than most that they could match it and probably get home court in the first round, only because of the schedule. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, 18 and 10, when you look at this, they still have one of the easier schedules left in the league, right? Yeah, according to tankathon.com, which basically takes the remaining opponent's uh, win percentage, they have the fifth easiest yeah. uh, schedule in the league. I wrote about this today for my story. They have 28 games left, 16 at home, 12 on the road, and only um, only three of those 12 remaining road games come against winning teams right now. Yeah. Like, they have... a Pretty easy schedule when you look at. It. I think ten of the twenty, I think eighteen of the twenty-eight games left are against losing teams. So just that alone, like even if you drop four or five of those games against losing teams, and you lose everything, you know, let's say you win like three or four against winning teams of the t- of the ten against winning teams, like you're gonna be seventeen or eighteen in ten, basically eighteen and ten. Like that's it right there. So I just think the schedule uh, will translate to a strong finish, and they'll probably be. I don't think two seed, like you said, it might be out of reach at this point, but three, four seed, that's what I would predict. Yeah, this is probably an extremely dumb exercise, but, like, they're going to only be underdogs in, like, five games the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, like, it's pretty crazy, but, yeah, there's, like, the Heat, like, you talk to Heat people, and they're really excited because the schedule is very favorable. Um, They think they can really go on a roll here. Like, you look at their schedule right right now, when they come off the break, it's, what is it, it's a... Atlanta, Cleveland. Atlanta, Cleveland twice, Minnesota, Dallas at home, Brooklyn at home, and yeah. then Milwaukee at home. So, like, you could easily in that Milwaukee game be, like, on a win six of seven or whatever that number is, five yeah. or six. Five and five. Six, six five maybe. Five. I mean, you're going to be favored in all six of those games. The toughest one's Dallas at home. Like, Right. And then after Milwaukee, it's Orlando, New Orleans, Washington, Charlotte, New York, Chicago. Yeah. So it's like it's just yeah. I mean uh, these next whatever twelve games. I don't know how much like how many games that is, but they could go ten and two easily. So yeah. Um, yeah I mean this is a stretch where they got to really take advantage. Now if they start losing these games, if they lose to one of these games against Cleveland, and they lose to Minnesota, and they lose to Brooklyn, then maybe we're, we get concerned uh, that maybe this team isn't as good as its record. Um, but as long as they keep winning these winnable games, as long as they keep winning at home. I don't see why not they like they couldn't see why they couldn't get it uh, yeah. a top seed in the East. Yeah, eighteen and ten honestly doesn't sound that daunting considering what they did for the first couple months of the year. Like if if they'd gone in, let's say they had won three out of these last five and their winning percentage was like a couple ticks higher, I'd have been like, all right, maybe they're they're gonna tail off at some point. But I don't know. It kind of felt like that losing streak going into the break. Um, you know, obviously they made the trade in the middle of it, so there was the one game against. Sacramento, those yeah, you know, they had like eight guys available pretty much. Jimmy was hurt. Kendrick Nunn is in a terrible slump. 
Um, Tyler Hero is hurt, although maybe that's going to like linger and, and we shouldn't count on him coming back. But like, it, I, I think at one point I even said to you like this kind of feels like it, that that five game road trip going in the break kind of felt like it could have been a a spot where they ran yeah. out of steam a little bit um, just because you know they'd been playing closer games than they were early in the year. And, you know, we didn't see Jimmy getting hurt, but oh, it just kind of felt like they were getting close to the point where they needed a break. So I, I would not be surprised if they come out of the All-Star break and look more like they did in, uh, like, November than they did in January and yeah. in February. One thing working against the Heat is, I guess, still injuries. Like, Myers is not going to be back right away. And right. It's going to be a pretty serious sprain. Um, so who knows when he'll be back. And then Tyler Hero is not going to be back immediately either. Uh, so they're down two in the rotation, but you know you hope that Jay Crowder and Andre Vidala will help kind of fill those somewhat you know the, of those of that production. But um, yeah, I mean they are still shorthanded, um, so that's a, you know that works against them. But I still think that with that schedule, um, they should they should be able to get on a nice streak here after the break. Yeah, yeah, eighteen and ten sounds about like what I would pick. Like I said, they're going to be underdogs in like five or six games, and then yeah. you, you screw up a couple. Um, if you had to like, if you give me the over under on like eighteen wins the rest of the way, I'd honestly probably take the over. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with this schedule. I agree. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we finish up? No, that's about it. I'm gonna go Chris back. Chris Boskin snub. That was pretty surprising. Yeah. No, that that was surprising. Um, I think I, you know, without talking to anybody in the Hall of Fame, I didn't talk to anybody that affiliated with the Hall of Fame, but I just think with that class with Tim Duncan, uh, KG, and Kobe. I think they wanted to kind of keep them three together for them to, you know, for them to go in, you know, those three together alone separately. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that, that was sense. part of. I think that was a big part of it, honestly. I think everybody knows Chris deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, so I think next year he'll be in. I I would be shocked next year if yeah. he's not in the Hall of Fame. I just think this year was kind of a different circumstances. Yeah, that's such an icon. Like I don't, to me, those three guys. Such define that line. Like now that you mention that, they so define like the early, like the basically the first half of the 2000s yeah. in the NBA to me. That yeah. like th- those three plus like obviously guys like Jason Kidd and AI who didn't sustain it the same way, but those three are, and and I guess Shaq also who's already in. But yeah, those three they they, they work really well as a class together. I think. Yeah, and like and and, to, and even in Chris's, you know. For Chris, like to go in with those three, he would have been totally overshadowed. So maybe it is better for him to wait a year, and maybe next year he's the star of the group. I mean, I don't know what the class is next year, but yeah. he would have been overshadowed this year. Um, so he'll get his shine next year. I know it's a little bit disappointing uh, for Heat fans and for Chris. You know, he talked about it on Twitter that he was disappointed. Yeah. He's gonna get in. It's only a matter of when. Mm-hmm. All right. Um you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, be sure to check out his Bam Adebayo story if you did not already. Um, what was kind of working on that? What do you what do you like about that story? What was kind of your big takeaway from talking to people about him? Just who he is as a person. You know, yeah. I think we all know now he's a good player. But um, you know, we David, you and I talk to him pretty regularly. You know, since we cover the team, um, we know he's a good guy. We know he's. Yes, he's you know very courteous. He treats everyone with respect. But to kind of hear it from Pat Riley's mouth and his mom and um, you know one of his really really close mentors, just kind of how he's been brought up to be that way and how he has not changed, even though he's become kind of a star, definitely in Miami and now maybe in the leagues. You know, he's becoming a star. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, he just has a really good story. 
Um, you know, he had a rough childhood, kind of rough circumstances, but um, it kind of made him who he is. So I, he just has a really, really good story. Aside from his his growth as a player, just off the court, you know, it's it's pretty inspiring. Yeah, I remember uh, this must have been like a preseason game or the first weekend of high school football season. I saw, I think it was a Belen Columbus game at at Capitol Park, and he was just standing on the sidelines. Like, I don't know if he could do that same thing next year or this. Life life has changed. Life has changed, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he had some people coming up and talking to him, but I don't know. He was he was still a guy who was just a. a bench player for the. I mean, he was obviously on track to be a starter, but no one, no one saw this come in, and um, I'll be surprised if I see him on the sidelines at a uh, at trap in a couple months again. Yeah, probably not. If he is, he'll have some like security with him or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we'll also have a lot of uh, Dwayne Wade stuff coming this weekend as he gets his jersey retired. No, no rest for you. Going straight no. from the All Star game to uh, Dwayne Wade. Yeah. After this weekend, it should slow down a little bit maybe until like the final few weeks of the season, but these past two weeks, oof. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, I, I haven't read a lot about the Heat lately, but I guess I'll be back out there Saturday for Wade Day. and uh, Yeah, like I said, we'll have lots of Wade stuff, so be sure to check out the Miami Herald for all of that. Um, other than that, though, I'll talk to you uh, next week, Anthony. See you, David.